Namo Deviai, Mahadeviai, Shivai, Satatam Namaha, Nama Parakritai Badrai, Natniata Pranatasmatam. Salutations to the Devi, to the Divine Mother of the Universe. Salutations always to her who is auspicious. Salutations to her who is the primordial cause and the sustaining power. Salutations to her who is gracious with our mind's intent. We salute her again and again. Good morning and happy almost Durga Puja. It's coming really soon. So the reason I'm talking about Devi and the reason I talked about Jai Ma is that we're coming very close to Durga Puja. It is now the season of Durga Puja. And uh, she is the protectress of the universe. She is the mother of the universe, and she is the support and the protectress of the universe. Uh, the Chandi, which another, it's a sort of an abbreviated way of saying the Devi Mahatmyam, which is a 14th to 16th century sacred text, extols, it's part of the Markandeya Purana, as if you needed to know. Anyway, it's, it extols the Divine Mother. And in it, it says, O Queen of the Universe, you protect the universe. As the self of the universe, you support the universe. You are the goddess worthy to be adored by the Lord of the universe. Those who bow in devotion to you themselves become the refuge of the universe. Now, the reason, of course, I'm talking about, this is all about Mother Durga, and I'm talking about Durga because Durga Puja is coming up very soon. It's usually, or at least in India and Assam in some places, a 10-day festival. goes over for 10 days. And here on Santa Barbara, we will, and other Ramakrishna missions, we celebrate it for one day. It's going to be October 21st, Saturday. Please come. You're, every one of you are welcome. It uh, starts at 11, and then it'll, Swami Sarvadevananda will be here to do the, to do the worship of Mother. So... Uh, Again, October 21st, 11 a.m. Don't miss it. So I'm speaking on Jai Ma, which literally means glory to the Divine Mother or victory to the Divine Mother. Now, many of you have heard people say, Jai Ma, Jai Ma. And it means, um, well, it's, means it's a happy expression. It's like, oh, yes, yes, Jai Ma, Jai Ma. It can also be, when we're expressing like, okay, things didn't go quite the way we wanted, and we go, Jai Ma, Jai Ma. Things didn't turn out the way that we'd hoped, but it's all the way that the Divine Mother wants it. So we just have to go, Jai Ma, you know what's best. Um, I had something else in mind, but you know what's best. And usually later we realize that it had to be that way. So why do we say victory to Durga? Jaima, victory to Divine Mother. Well, because Durga defeated the demons. And it's a victory of good over evil. Now, Durga, the Durga Puja is a huge celebration, a huge celebration, because you know what? We all have to deal with demons, both externally and internally. And it's really wonderful when good triumphs over evil, particularly when the one who conquers evil is in our corner and she's our own divine mother. 
it's a relief, actually. It's kind of heartening to have Mother, to think of the Divine Mother, Durga, astride her lion. She could have any kind of carrier. Ganesha has a mouse. She has a lion with her, with her sword, and she kills the demons, and we all have demons. We all have something that we have to deal with or things that we have to deal with. So it's rather heartening to have someone who conquers those demons and makes life sweet and beneficent. So even from our perspective, even when things aren't going well, we know in the end they will be for the best. So many of you may think that Durga is a myth, myth, i.e. fairy tale, which is kind of cute, like Hansel and Gretel. And it's meant for kids, not mature, rational adults like us. But myth is much more powerful than what we read in the headlines or what we see here on the news or what we read and even, even read in our history books. Because myth deals with things that history and the, and the newspapers do not deal with. It, it deals with our existential issues the problems of who we are, who we are in relationship with the universe, who we are in relation to, to each other, who we are in relationship to the divine reality. That's what myth addresses. Swami Vivekananda said, every religion has three parts. The first part is philosophy. Second part is <clears throat> myth or story. And the third part is ritual. Philosophy is like gives you this grand vision. Mythology illustrates it with story. And ritual embodies it and concretizes it in a very, very solid sort of way. Like what we will see here on Durga Puja on the 21st will be that very sort of embodiment of this philosophy in a very three-dimensional sort of way. Now, all of us need to have all these three parts in our life because we're not one-dimensional beings. None of us, except for Swami Sarva Priyananda and a few others, live from here to here. We're not entirely cerebral beings. All of us have larger parts of our life. We have an emotional level, we have an intellectual level, we have a spiritual level, and all those need to be integrated, and that's what myth helps us do. It allows us to think of concepts beyond this one-dimensional level. So um, myth... And ritual augment the philosophy and make it real to us. Because often philosophy isn't very real. We come out and go, God, that was so interesting when he said about that. But it doesn't really help us when we break our arm or when our kid gets hurt or when we lose our job. It's like the philosophy is only going to go so far. It's great to think about, but how does it help me? And these larger concepts give us sort of um, a ballast underneath us. It, get, it gives us a rudder on our boat. In the Hindu tradition, we think of God not only as masculine, but as equally feminine. And coming from a Western tr tradition, it seems kind of weird. I used to be in a choir, and people would say, oh, I prayed to God, and I said, well, she is, she is very, and they go, ha, ha, ha. I said, I'm not kidding. Because <laughs> to them, it was like a joke. Because God is always masculine, judge, authoritarian up there. But the Divine Mother, in, in the Hindu tradition, the Divine always comes with a feminine aspect. In this aspect, this feminine aspect, it's called Shakti, which is actually the power, the force 
of God, the power of God, this divine energy. And this divine energy, or Shakti, is loving and nurturing. And she is fierce because every mama is a mama bear. I was only a dog and cat mama, but if you, t- you, hurt, you act like you're going to hurt my dog, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going after you. It's like you don't even know that's in your dog. <sighs> Every mama's a mama bear. And as Swami Swahananda famously said, do you, want, do, do you want a namby-pamby mother or do you want someone to protect you? Yeah, we want someone to protect us. We absolutely need to have someone protect us because the world can be a very scary place. It's very unpredictable. Every day, something's like, what? We need to find mother in our corner who wields those weapons and destroys our demons. Our demons. In the Hindu tradition, the divine mother, Mother Durga, is the, she is the creator, the protector, and the destroyer of this universe. That's the way it is. So here's the story behind Durga, why we celebrate her at Durga Puja. Well, There was a war between the gods and the demons that lasted for a full hundred years. And the demons were winning. They'd taken over all the heavens, they'd taken over the earth, and they'd taken over everything. And even people doing their sacred rites, everything was knocked down, even animals. No one was safe from the demons, and so the gods were at their wit's end. They had nowhere else to go, so they, they thought, we have to go to the Divine Mother. They went to the Supreme Court. So they invoked her by praising her with hymns. And what happened was when they were praising her, a light came out from their bodies, and that light concentrated into a beautiful feminine form that became Mother Durga. Now, it's significant that it's light, because light always is associated with divinity. And we talk about the light within. When we talk about the Atman, we talk about that infinite divine light within us. People are often told, think about an unflickering light, an unflickering flame in your heart. When people are dying, they'll say, go to the light. Or people who come back and have a near-death experience say, I was going towards a light. When Sri Ramakrishna had the experience of Mother Kali, the four-armed black goddess. He was, he was just aching to have a vision of the Divine Mother. He prayed. He was, his soul was an agony to have a vision of the Divine Mother. And he prayed and prayed. And finally he had the vision, but it wasn't a four-armed goddess. He was overwhelmed by waves of light, wave after wave after wave of light that completely engulfed him. That was Mother Kali, the real nature of Mother Kali, infinite divine light. That is what Mother Durga came as, this infinite, this light. So from this divine light, divine Mother Durga came as the protectress of the universe, astride her lion there, and the, the and the gods then begged her, please destroy our calamities, destroy, destroy these demons. And she said, okay. I'll do it. Oh, okay. So she goes out and she destroys the demons in battle. But even while she kills them, while she's astride her lion, her face is completely serene. She has this beautiful smile on her face. And even as she's killing the demons, 
she is blessing them, and she's giving them the boon of, for them to attain heaven. She is the absolute embodiment of compassion. And if she has compassion towards the demons, she's going to be even more compassionate towards us. So what we usually fail to recognize when we talk about Mother, Mother Durga and destroying the demons is that her demons, the ones she kills, well, they're our demons. They're the demons we deal with every day of our life. And if we're honest with ourselves, when we read the Chandi, the Devi Mahatmyam, we'll recognize them. We'll go, oh yeah, I know that one. Right. The demons that Durga destroys and conquers are lust, anger, greed, attachment, delusion, ego, ego. And she destroys them with compassion and has them just releases us from those bonds. So nothing in this world gives us more misery than these demonic qualities, the ego, anger, hatred, fear, greed, self-centeredness. Nothing gives us, and the more, the more we go into these demonic qualities, the more unhappy we will be. So it's like, finally, we try to come to our senses and say, this is making us miserable. The more I do this, the more unhappy I am. The more I feel this way, the more I feel that, that I'm, I'm just making myself unhappy. That's when we turn to the Divine Mother. So when the battle begins, uh, the, the demons first see this beautiful, glorious woman. And they don't see her as a goddess. They can't see divinity because they're demons. Too many demonic qualities to see anything else apart from flesh. So they see her as this gorgeous woman, and they desire her. That's where they're coming from. It's just raw desire. They physically want her. And so the messenger of the demons goes to her and says, Ah, you are the jewel of womankind in this world. And since we are the enjoyers of the best objects, you come to us. She's like, hmm. She says, well, only those who conquer me in battle will be my husband. It's like, Come and fight me. And then he's just furious. He goes, oh, you're being, you're being arrogant. But she said, what can I do? I've taken a vow. The only one, I will only go with those who can conquer me in battle. So then we find another demon coming up. And his name is Doomralochana. It's got the best name. Locha means eyes. You hear sometimes about Kamala Lochana, lotus eyed. Doomralochana means clouded eyes. It means gunked up eyes. You can't see clearly. In other words, delusion. This is the demon who embodies delusion. And he is, says, um, you know, Dumerlochna is your basic thug. <gasps> we see a lot of those around. And he tells, he tells Durga, he said, come to us demons willingly or I will humiliate, humiliate you by taking you by force, by dragging you by the hair. She's stride her line, and she just goes, hmm, which is a syllable of total contempt. And he's destroyed. <laughs> oh, I cured that one. He's gone. Well, now the demons are getting mad. So then 
Dumrilochna with his, with his um, delusion has been conquered. And then we meet this very interesting demon called Raktabija. Bija means seed. Rakta is blood. So it means seeds of blood. Now, he's a really tough demon to conquer because he's been, he, whatever, whenever uh, she tries to kill him, any drop of his blood forms another complete demon, another Rakta Bija. So she's, she's, you know, killing, 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 and like hundreds of thousands of Rakta Bijas are springing up. What does that mean? Desire. Desire. Every desire creates another desire, which creates another desire, which creates another desire. He is, Raktabija is our own insatiable desire. The nature of, des- of desire is that it is never, ever satisfied. It's never satiated. It's like if one piece of chocolate is good, fire is going to be better. And we can substitute alcohol for chocolate. We can substitute sex. We can substitute money. We can substitute power. Possessions of this much of power is good. This much is better. If this much of sex is good, that much is better. It's the infinite, this infinite, I want, I want, I want. Because somehow we feel this big hole in our hearts where only God lives and thinks that, huh, Maybe that will make me satisfied. Maybe that will make me satisfied. No, 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 no. It just goes on. Desires can never be quenched by just fulfilling them. Because it's like trying to put out a fire with grease. Oh, here's some grease. I'll pour that on. It's like... Never works. That is what Raktabija means. Desire. And the Divine Mother slaughters him. She and her carrier line catch on to what he's doing, and they get every drop of blood, and he dies. Well, so they bring out the big guns, which is Mahisashara. And when you come to Durga Puja, you'll, you'll hear us singing about Mahisashara quite a bit. Very interesting demon, as demons go. He is a the buffalo demon, but he's also a shapeshifter. He, as soon as Mother Durga has him in one position, he changes form and goes into another one. He goes to another one. What is this? The ego, the ego that always tried to protect itself, to guard itself from harm, because the ego is so precious to us. It's the ego that says, oh, I see something in that person at fault, but we never see it in ourselves. We'll say that, oh, this person's like that. We can never see anything like that in, the, in us or those dear to us. The, this buffalo demon also is just the nature of pure, raw id. His, his nothing, he's got anger. So then when he's so frustrated in anger, he has the buffalo horns, which is tearing up the heavens. He's destroying the earth with his hooves, just rah, rah. This is us, the ego, when its desires are not fulfilled and we get frustrated. I want that. I need that. I should have that. And the ego says, because it's me. Because it's me, not you, me. That's what happens with Mahisashara. So what does Durga do? She catches him in one position so he can't change forms. And with her sword, she cuts his head off. Well, the head means the ego. And what's that sword? The sword of discrimination. The sword of discernment. The sword of wisdom that says... 
This is real. This is unreal. The ego is essentially unreal. The ego says, I am this. And I'm, it's, like, it's like dream after dream after dream, cloud after cloud after cloud that covers the infinite sun of knowledge. That's what the ego is. And Mother Durga destroys that. And she will destroy that for us if that's what we really want. So these battles with the demons are battles we, battles we experience every one of us every single day. Every one of us. We, have, we try to now catch ourselves when we go into raw ego, when we go into a plain two-year-old tantrum. But the Divine Mother, you know, we try to gussy it up with civil, civilization and say, well, it's like this, it's like this. But the Divine Mother knows better. She sees what's going on. And in all of her love and compassion, she removes those from us. And sometimes it hurts a bit, but she does it for our good. Now, our desire may be a simple cup of coffee in the quiet. Our desire may be a raise at work. Our desire may be that the neighbors move away. Our desire may be that um, a relationship that's fizzled. But when we get frustrated and anger and things don't go the way the ego wants it to go, then we go into Mahisashra. And that's when Divine Mother goes, but she gets out a little sword and goes, and the ego goes, no, no. But it's always for our good and it's always for higher wisdom. So when we come to a point in our lives we realize that what we're doing is not working like the gods with their hundred years battle, we'll go to the Divine Mother and ask her for her wisdom and her strength and her capability. And sometimes it takes longer than we want. Sometimes it seems to take forever. But Jai Ma, victory to the Divine Mother. We know that in the end it will come out the way it's supposed to come out. Sometimes we won't see the, what we think should happen and we won't understand why things did happen. Sometimes we don't understand for 20, 30, 40 years. But then we look back and go, Oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I see why things had to go the way they did, even at the time we were kicking and screaming and saying, it's not fair. No, it's not right. We needed to go through what we needed to go through. In the Chandi, it says, by you this universe is created, by you it is protected and supported, O Devi, and you always consume it at the end. Ow! What? You give birth to me and then you chew me up? You know, it doesn't sound very nice. Come on, you're supposed to be my mom, right? Well, it's a cycle of life, isn't it? A tree drops an acorn, the acorn becomes a plant, the acorn becomes a tree, tree drops more acorns, and then the tree gets old and dies. And the old tree, dead tree, nurtures the future trees and the future acorns. And that is the cycle of life, and it's healthy. We appreciate it when it's not us that's being cut down and being made for the next generation. But that's what happens to our physical body. And it's healthy. But that's not what happens to the Atman within. That's not what happens to our real nature, the divine within us. That's infinite. It was never born. It can never die. It's eternal. It's the nature of perfect freedom. That isn't 
what goes on for the next generation. It, we, we were never born, we can never die. But we're afraid of what goes on when that acorn drops. It's like, oh, you mean I'm supposed to go down there? Okay, hold on. So the Chandi says that the great goddess Durga is the great knowledge and the great delusion. She is Maya. She deludes us with her play. She said, oh, play with this toy, play with that toy. Aren't you having a great time? Play some more. She's the great goddess, and she is the great demoness. It's like, what? She has the most gentle, benevolent nature, and she is fierce, and she has a terrible aspect, ferocious aspect. And we think, no, God should be all good, all kind, all merciful, all loving, all the time. But that's not how the universe is, is it? No, it does not ever work that way. Because how else can we explain death and disease and pain and suffering? Uh, do we create a devil for that? Or do we have something else just because we're afraid to look at it squarely ourselves in the face? Is that what we do? No. In this world, everything comes, this is a relative world, everything comes in pairs of opposites. There is praise and blame. For every bit of praise we get, we are going to get blame down the pike. There is birth, and then if there's birth, there is death. There is success, and there is failure. And we don't like it because we think that all the time we should just have all the joy and none of the sorrow, all the praise, but none of the blame, all the success, but none of the failure, and we don't like having the other side of the coin, but they come together. They always come together. And we don't like the fact that the universe comes and these always comes in these pairs of opposites. We want happiness all the time. We want good health and vitality all the time. And we want success and prosperity all the time. We want fun, fun, fun till daddy takes the T-bird away. Anyone else remember that song? <laughs> the only ancient one here. It's like we want to have it our way. And when it doesn't happen in our way, we go, life isn't fair. How, that shouldn't happen to me. It can happen to them. I don't care. It shouldn't happen to me because I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. Well, that's not how the universe functions, nor should it function that way. Because if the universe really worked that way, we would never seek anything higher than just being a little bit content with a little joy here and there, our little lollipops that we content ourselves with. We would never seek anything more if things were so great all the time. We would never want anything more. We would never seek anything higher than just these little tidbits of happiness that we get along the way. The Chandi says, when you are pleased, referring to Mother Durga, when you are pleased, you destroy all illness. But when wrathful, you frustrate all the desires longed for. Those, no calamity befalls those who have sought you and those who have sought you become a refuge to others. Now, when the Chandi says that Mother Durga destroys all illness, that doesn't mean that we're not going to get the flu. What it means is that she removes our spiritual sickness. The Divine Mother removes our spiritual malaise. It doesn't mean that this body is going to be taken care of forever. That never happens. What it means is that our spiritual illness is our ridiculous attempts to, to get the permanent out of the impermanent, 
to get joy and lasting happiness about of, of, with things that are continually changing and will always continually change. To have a joy that's untouched by sorrow, that will never happen. The Chandi says, no calamity befalls people who have sought me. Okay, so what qualifies as a calamity? Well, obviously not dying because we're all going to die. Obviously not sickness because all, we all have been sick and we all will get sick. Obviously not pain and grief because we've already gone through that and we'll have some more in the future. Obviously not that. So what's a calamity then according to the Chandi? Well, calamity is, is to die and not know who we are, not to know why we were born in the first place. A calamity is to not realize that infinite divine reality within ourselves, to not realize that our real nature is that of the divine mother herself, that infinite divine reality. A calamity is to be afraid of death and cling on to a body that isn't serving us anywhere, anymore. That's a calamity. It's a calamity not to know why we're alive, the point of it all. To realize our own divine nature is the point of being alive. And to see that infinite divinity in the heart of every being that we encounter. It isn't just us that we're so lovely and perfect and infinite and glorious. Every being that we encounter. That's the point. That's why we're born. And it's a calamity if we go fighting, kicking, and screaming. It's like, no, 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 I want to stay alive in the most horrendous body and pain ever. Why? Why? When we're infinite and glorious, when freedom is our very nature, why do we want to hang on to that? When the Divine Mother herself is holding us in her arms, why would we fear that? When we have pain, and sorrow and fear, that's often like the gods when we run out of options, when we turn to the Divine Mother and say, okay, you know best, please come to my aid. Please give me strength. Please give me understanding because I realize that I really don't know best and you actually do have a better plan than I do with this. The Chandi says, when we remember you in times of distress, you remove fear from every person. When we remember you in times of happiness, you give, her, you give us a mind with even greater serenity. I mean, who doesn't want to have that? Who doesn't want to have a serene mind? To everything we say, Jaima, Jaima, glory to the Divine Mother, victory to the Divine Mother, whether it's great or whether it's like maybe not so great. Maybe it's, it's really tough, but we say, Jaima, Jaima, I'll hold on to you. Because from Durga, we get strength and we get fearlessness. We get calm in the face of a storm. And the storms will come and they often come when we least expect them. And that's when we need to have the Divine Mother in our corner saying, I am here, my child, I'm here to give you strength and protection. When we call upon the Divine Mother, we ask her to come to our aid. Mother, give me strength, give me understanding. And above all, get me out of the way. Because you know best, and I really don't. Let me just remember you and get your strength and your compassion. Because you have the strength to actually be compassionate. Sri Ramakrishna tells us that we should be like a kitten in the, and with its mother. Now, if you've seen a mother cat with a kitten, the cat, the cat will just pick up the 
kitten by the neck and put it behind the stove. And then she'll move you underneath your bed. And then for some reason, she'll just take the kitten outside and put her in, 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 in a cardboard box outside the garage. And the kitten doesn't go, what are you doing with me? It's like, okay, you guess you got a good idea. I'm just going to trust in you. That's the way we should be with the Divine Mother, that we're being held and protected by the infinite divine reality in all love and compassion with strength and a fierceness of love that we can only we can barely imagine. Durga is the protectress of the universe, and it's very significant that Holy Mother Sri Sardadevi is also seen as the embodiment of Jagadatri Durga, the support and protectress of the universe, our Holy Mother Sri Sardadevi. In fact, when we do the puja, when we do the worship to Sri Sardadevi, we invoke that. We say, salutation to Sri Sardadevi, who is the Jagadatri Durga, the protectress and the support of the world. And have that mother in our corner is sort of a good idea. The Chandi says by, the, by her, that is Mother Durga, this universe is pervaded. Nevertheless, she incarnates in manifold ways. Thus, our Holy Mother is a sweet, very approachable manifestation of Mother Durga as Jagadatri, the savior and protectress of the world. She is the perfect embodiment of strength and infinite love. So, she is also the sweetest and the most approachable manifestation of the Divine Mother. She taught Vedanta in this most simple and basic way because she treated every being. Vedanta teaches the oneness of all life. And she said, no one is a stranger, my child. The whole world is your own. That's Vedanta in very simple, very basic everyday practice. She literally saw every being as her own child, whether that was a cat or a dog or a goat or, or the most annoying human beings ever put on the planet. She treated everybody as literally her child with infinite love and tenderness and kindness and compassion. To receive such love is a blessing and that's available to us. So we say, Jaima, Jaima. We can remember that Durga came to the world to destroy, to destroy and kill the demons. And she will kill our demons too, if that's what we want. That's the point, if we really want it. Durga, in her human incarnation, as Sri Sardadevi, gives us strength and fearlessness because that's her very nature. His very nature is strength and fearlessness. And from that, we get calmness in the face of a storm. And we get serenity, and we get real faith. Because the more we hang around, the more that we realize that someone's actually guiding our, our little boat in this ocean of the world, that our boat is being guided to the place where the boat will take anchor. Through all the storms, through all the waves, through all the ridiculous currents that the stupid boat has to go through, the Divine Mother is guiding us and holding and taking our bark over to the other side of this world with wisdom and compassion. So Jaima, whatever happens around us, whatever happens to us, Jaima, Jaima, 
victory the Divine Mother, glory to the Divine Mother, because Mother is protecting and guiding us. So even if we're unaware of it, she's there. She's always there. So I'd like to close by chanting what we sing every night at Vespers, every Vedanta Society in the world, every Ramakrishna mission around the world. We end the day by singing this, and I'll just chant it. Om Sarva Mangala Mangalye Shive Savarta Sarike Sharanye Trambake Gori Narayani Mostute Jaya Narayani Mostute Jaya Narayani Mostute Jaya Narayani Mostute O you who are the giver of all boons, O you who are giver of all blessings, O you who are the doer of all good, our salutations to you. Our salutations to you. Our salutations to you again and again. Jaimo. Oh, Chayanti, that was awesome. Couldn't be better. Could not be better. Now, several announcements. Okay, next week, Swami Mahayogananda is going to speak on a spiritual talk, but I know he's doing something on spiritual practice. I have no idea what, but he was still thinking about it. Okay, uh, on the 14th will be our Karma Yoga Day. So please come uh, come down to the convent, 9, 9.30. We're happy to give you coffee, a cup of coffee or tea before we begin our work projects. Uh, we got to move some from one area to a different area. It won't be too bad. We have a little gardening, depending on the weather. If it's not hot, we could do a little bit of light gardening, and then we, we serve you lunch. So please come and join us. Uh, the 14th through the 24th is also the, the whole 10-day festival of the Divine Mother, uh, Navaratri. And Swami Swahanada began the, pro, uh, the, the tradition here of everybody signing up to do an extra 1,000 a day of japa or just or doing Jai Shri Durga, Jai Shri Durga. Uh, if you'd like to do that, it's a wonderful practice. It really is. To do Jai Shri Durga a thousand times literally only takes 15 minutes. And you really feel like, yes, yes. It, it, definitely, it definitely is purifying, definitely cleans your clock. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful practice. So tell one of us or go to the bookstore and give your name and what you're signing up for. It starts the 14th through the 24th. And again, our Durga Puja is the 21st Saturday, 11 a.m. Please come. I also wanted to mention that I was quoting the Chandi here, or the Devi Mahatmyam. Um, Swami Asheshinanda, the great disciple of Swami uh, of, of Holy Mother in Portland, was a great believer in the Chandi, and he asked many, many of us, to read the chandi in when things were going tough. Even things weren't okay, but he, but especially if you were, he would say, if things were bad, he would say, I will read chandi. I will read chandi for you. And Swami Tathagatananda, the same thing, I will read chandi. Uh, Swami Asheshananda would suggest that people read either chapters 4 and 11 or chapters 5 and 12, or they could read the whole thing. Uh, Swami Tathagatananda, our Devi Prana, our beloved nun Devi Prana, I see you there, Devi Prana online. Hi. Uh, when things are not going well with some of our devotees, she'll, she said, I'll read Chandi for them. Don't you, Devi Prana? Yes, you do. <laughs> I see her online. So um, it's there in the bookstore if you're interested. 
I can a lot of these things come from 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 the chandi and it definitely is a very strengthening and purifying thing that especially when you've like hit a wall it makes a difference. Okay, so please join us for everything and I already chanted so I think let's just have the whole world in our hands and say jai ma. <laughs>